Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. And welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I'm always in the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And i got to tell you, today's show is going to knock it out of the park. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that and, quite honestly, is still doing that. So I'm excited to pick his brain for your benefit and my benefit as well. For the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs through Powerful Words Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites or even the Jason's Army Mastermind Group, you know just how much I focus on the importance of effective, systematized internet marketing, right? Well, the show is going to help us with some really important insight from somebody who knocks it out of the park. So today's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable and real-life info and experience about what I consider to be one of those topics that helps us get from mediocrity to really hitting that level of success that we've been looking for. Maybe it's been eluding us or maybe we're just starting to taste it. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. As far as we know, we only get one ride on this merry-go-round, so uh, let's make sure it's one hell of a ride, shall we? Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your dog, your cat, your phone, your tablet, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So, before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest expert today. Derek Halpern is the founder of Social Triggers, and he now runs a daily vlog where he shares behind-the-scenes of running a multi-million dollar online business. You can find him over at www.socialtriggers.com or over on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Derek Halpern. Derek, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you here today. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. I am pumped to be here. Well, I am pumped that you're here as well. So, hey, listen, before we get started, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting you or hearing you speak or, or watching your vlog yet, um, take a second, if you would, you know, share your story with, with our listeners. What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? You know, who is Derek Halpern? Where do I start? <laughs> the thing that makes me tick is often as simple as this. How can I get people to do things? And I know that sounds weird, but my, my history starts a long time ago when I used to play poker. And there was something very interesting about poker for me because at the time I was majoring in Shakespeare of all things and I was minoring in psychology. And when I was playing poker, I noticed that people would exhibit certain types of behaviors, right? And once I started to notice these behaviors, like they, they call in poker, they call them tells. Once I would start to notice these behaviors, I would get excited when I would see them repeat themselves because to me it was like, oh, wait a second. I used to think people were this big mass of free will and this is how they would always make their decisions however they would make their decisions. But then on the same token, I would see people doing the same things. Like here's an example. I noticed that when I would play poker with some people, 
if they bought in with a certain amount of money, they would keep the chips that they were above that buying amount in front of their buying amount. So if they bought in for 200 bucks and they had 300 bucks, they put 200 in back, 100 in front, and people were more likely to waste that $100 in front of them. And I started to notice things like this. I got obsessed. And obsessed with understanding human behavior. And that's kind of what started me along these lines of eventually starting an online business. But that was kind of the, the start. That's fair. That's totally fair. So you, you, like the, uh, you like the psychology of it and seeing how it works. I, uh, I adore that. Tell me this. How did you, how'd you take that and after sh uh, studying Shakespeare to get into becoming an entrepreneur? Because that generally isn't a normal uh, matriculation. Yeah, great question. And I always tell people it was as simple as this. I've always had a firm belief that I could do anything I set my mind to if I was willing to work for it. And this was important, especially considering my upbringing. I grew up super poor. Mom was on welfare. Dad was in jail my whole life. You know, basically the worst conditions possible. So I always had this belief that I could do anything I set my mind to. And what happened was this. I was in college at the time and I stumbled on a website and this website was by a guy who just wrote about the dumb things he did in, in college essentially. And I read it, it was funny, whatever, I, it was entertaining for me. One day I accidentally clicked the advertise here link on his website. I didn't have any money, I was gonna buy an ad. I just accidentally clicked this link. And I saw he was getting like $500 a week for advertisements. And there was like five of them. So I'm sitting there like, wait a second. This guy writes about the dumb things he does in college. And people are reading it like me. And he's got five ads paying him $500 a week. I'm not good at math, but that's $2,500 a week. I do dumb stuff all the time. I could write about it. I can do that too. So I started my first website where I wrote about all the dumb things I did in college. I, I quickly learned that I wasn't nearly as dumb as I thought I was. I wasn't nearly as funny. And thank God the website didn't take off and I eventually deleted it. Because Lord knows I don't want anything I did in college to be public right now. <laughs> right? So it didn't get any luck. But I was still motivated. I still had the belief that I could do it. So I went back to that guy's website. I noticed he linked to another website. This website was a celebrity gossip website. I don't even like celebrities. I don't like gossip. But I was an expert now. I went right to the advertised link. And I saw that gossip site was getting like $1,000 a week for advertising. And now I realized... I don't need to write about the dumb things I do. I can write about the dumb things celebrities do. And that's what I did. I started my celebrity gossip blog in March of 2006. By February of 2007, I was getting so much traffic that in February alone, we made like $28,000 off of just ad revenue. And I, at that point, it was off to the races. In March, in 2007, we did like something like 40 or 50 million visitors. This is like more than 10 years ago, so I don't remember the exact numbers now. But we did something like 40 or 50 million visits in 2007, and I had graduated college, basically making more in a month than my mom made when I was a kid. Wow. It's pretty insane.
that's where I got the entrepreneurial bug, is this idea that I could do it to start my own website. And then remember, I had this, this affinity for psychology and human behavior. So while I was building this web stuff, I was getting the traffic by trying to figure out what would go viral, which is again, psychology based. So my desire to understand humans and what makes people do things like share, like, talk about, is what helped me create that gossip site to be so successful. That's brilliant. <clears throat> it's brilliant on so many levels. Now, let me ask you a question. So how, with, with, with your gossip site, was that a daily, was that a daily post thing that you were doing or was that, you know, how did you move to, to where you're at now where you've, you've got that daily blog? The gossip site was not a daily post. It was worse. It was 10 to 15 posts per day. Ooh, okay, so you were working your butt off. I mean, you know, I was making fun of people all day. Like, I wouldn't call that work, right? But it was definitely work. I was definitely writing a lot, and eventually I burned out. You know, I had a publicly traded company want to buy out the company. They wanted me to stay on for so many years. I didn't want anything to do with it. I actually had walked away from the gossip site. I hired a bunch of freelance writers. I paid them $5 an article, and I just let them run the site while I went on to different pastors, essentially. That was kind of the end of the gossip site and my first foray into corporate for an international corporation in, uh, for financial management, essentially. And I did that because I had did an internship there or whatever. I got a job and I did that for two years where I learned the second most important lesson of my life. The first lesson was I can do that too, right? And I, I learned that I could do it too. But the second most important lesson I learned in my life was it's not always about the money. At the time, I was making plenty of money, but I wasn't happy, which is why I got a job. However, what I learned is I am not the type of person to work for someone. I'm just not in that mindset because when you're, you know, I'd walk around the office, everyone's wearing suits and ties and I'm walking around with my tie off and no shoes <laughs> in a conservative financial company. And people are like, why don't you wear shoes? And I'm like, I, I think better without them. And that's like, you know, my thought process, but that didn't fly. So that's like the history of from entrepreneur to employee to employee for two years. And even though I did well there, I eventually quit. And I started my company, Social Triggers, which is what I'm most known for now, where we teach people about the psychology of growth because I had that experience with the gossip site. I've helped other people uh, from a consulting standpoint to help grow their software company. And now I was teaching the things that I knew online as a blog through content and eventually grew that into the company that I have today. Got it. Well, say, do me a favor. Say more about Social Triggers. Um, you know, obviously... I get the idea, I get the, how you got there, um, but tell me what it was for you and where you're at with it now. Great. So when I started Social Triggers, it was really about my passion, as you said. My passion was understanding what makes people tick and why they do the things that they do. And at this point in 2011, when I launched it, I had already had like six years of online experience. So... I started to share the things that I learned about human behavior and persuasion as it related to online marketing. And at first, I had no business model in mind. I had nothing to sell, no products, nothing. All I wanted to do 
was to build an audience around what I was passionate about. Eventually, I decided to start selling online courses. And that's what we ended up selling, online courses. I didn't want to do coaching or consulting because I didn't want to trade my time for money. I wanted to build a scalable business. So I built online courses, launched my first course, smashing success, started hiring people, built more courses, smashing success, built my first software product, smashing success. Now we've got 10 courses and three pieces of software. That's the genesis of Social Triggers. And what we do at Social Triggers is we help entrepreneurs and business owners grow their business through online marketing. That's the core of our teachings, specifically email marketing, sales page generation, copywriting, ad buying, stuff like that. Fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. Do you feel, now are you still in the creation mode? Yeah, so right now, we did about a year and a half where we didn't create much free content. We only created premium courses. But this year, we had, a, we had like a New Year's resolution. We went from creating almost no content to creating a daily video show every single day. It's, it's nuts. We've released more video content for free in the first 12 days of the new year than we did in the last 12 months of 2017. It's kind of ridiculous. So why, why do you do it? There's a few reasons. Number one, I believe that we, we are currently in a time where there is an unending amount of competition, meaning there are more business experts than ever before. There are more blogs giving free content than ever before. There's more software products than ever before. There's more Instagram accounts to follow. There's more Facebook pages to follow. There's more Twitter accounts to follow. There's more email lists to subscribe to. There's more, 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 more. And if you want to stay top of mind for your customers, you need a way to interact with them regularly. So we created a daily video show on YouTube specifically. And the reason why we made it daily is because people will know that every single day there will be a new video to watch. That way, if our emails don't get to you or our Facebook posts don't get the reach that we want our reach to have, you know that we do a video every day. And if you go to that YouTube channel, there will be a new video every day. We're trying to create a habit in the eyes of our customers, fans, followers, subscribers, friends, that if you want to know what I'm up to, you go to our YouTube channel. There's a new video there every day of the week. So we're trying to create a habit in the mind of our customer that is bigger than our Facebook reach, that's bigger than our email list getting delivered, that's bigger than any other marketing strategy that we might be doing. We're trying to let them know what we do, when we do it, and how to access it all the time. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. I love that. So I, I want to go back to your, um, your expertise in, in understanding human dynamics and human psychology and human behavior because, quite honestly, you know, many of the listeners to this show are owners in the after-school activity industry. So whether they own a martial arts school, a gymnastics academy, a cheer gym, a dance studio, what have you, um, I'm guessing there are some psychological keys that would help to open some of the doors to sales to them. So of what you've learned, um, what would you say are your top two or three that yeah. odds are people don't know about? Great. 
I think if you're a business owner, especially if you're a dance studio owner or a cheer owner or something along those lines, the number one thing you need to know is there are three types of customers. There are the informed customer, there are the oblivious customer, there are the afflicted customer. Let me explain. The informed customer is someone who has a child that they want to put in dance classes and they know they want to do it already. They know about your dance studio. They know about the competing dance studio. They know about another dance studio. And they're asking themselves, where should I send my child? Essentially, they're informed. They know they want their kid to go to dance class. They're just trying to figure out which dance classes to send them to. Does that make sense? 100%. Okay. The second type of customer is the afflicted customer. These customers are customers that have problems that need solving. They may not be aware of how to solve the problem, but they are aware that they need to solve the problem. So in the case of the dance studio, this could be a parent that knows that they want their kid to exercise more, right? They want their kid to exercise more and build some skills in outside of the school world. And for some reason, they don't like gym class. They don't like traditional sports. They don't like any of that. So they're sitting there thinking, like, what can I send my kid to do outside of these traditional school options? At which point, a dance class could be a potential solution. So the afflicted customer is the person who has a problem that they need to solve. But they're not necessarily sure how to solve it yet. The third type of customer is the oblivious customer. This is the customer that has a kid that is inactive, that doesn't exercise, that doesn't do dance class, that doesn't do sports, that doesn't eat right, but they don't even realize it's a problem. They just keep thinking to themselves, ah, it's just a kid. He'll grow out of it. That's the oblivious customer. Okay. Now, this is an important distinction because most small businesses only sell to informed customers. They essentially only get the customer that is low-hanging fruit, right? The people who already want it. And these people will start buying advertising on Facebook or advertising in local newspapers. And they wonder why their advertising doesn't work. And the reason why is because when they buy this advertising, they're talking to such a small segment of people that it's almost impossible to make it work, right? So most of these small businesses, they only get the informed customer. They're not actively finding new customers. They're just getting customers who already exist. Right. So they're not, they're not welcoming anybody new into the world. It's simply a matter of shuffling the deck. They were at this dance studio. Now we're going to go to that dance studio. Exactly. I believe if you're a small business owner, it doesn't matter what you do. You need to get good at converting these afflicted and oblivious customers into buyers. If you can make someone who is who never thought about dance class before, right, who never even considered it. If you can make a parent who never even considered dance class and you can convince them to enroll their child in dance class right now. Your studio will be packed. But most people don't develop that skill. And now, how does this relate to psychology? Well, it relates to psychology because there are these three types of customers, and they're all in different mindsets. How you talk to an informed customer is drastically different than how you talk to an oblivious customer. The problem is most small businesses try to talk to oblivious customers 
the way they would talk to an informed customer. The oblivious customer doesn't get – they're not interested. And they walk away, and w- what does a small business owner do? They say, oh, my God, I can't believe it. They just don't get it. And they blame the customer when it was really their fault because they didn't talk to them the right way. Does that make sense? That makes a ton of sense. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you're a yoga instructor and you have a yoga class after school. If you want to convert an informed customer, you might lead with something like, let's say you do uh, forest yoga instead of vinyasa. You might lead with why I switched to forest yoga from vinyasa yoga. And if you're talking to yogis, they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. But if you're talking to John on the corner over here, he doesn't know the difference between forest yoga, vinyasa yoga, Bikram yoga. He's like, you know what? Aren't, isn't yoga filled with a bunch of woo people? I don't want to hang out with those people. You know what I mean? So if you want to get John to come to yoga, you can't leave with that headline. You might say something like, how a morning stretch routine cured my back pain. Now you're talking to someone who has back pain and how yoga can cure it, but you're not even using the word yoga. You're calling it a stretch routine. And what's funny is that's how I ended up trying yoga for the first time. I used to think yoga people are weird. They're way too happy. And I used to think that they were lying to everybody. This is like my personal ignorance. Then one day a person's like, hey, why don't you uh, try this stretch routine? And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And I roll up and they roll out a yoga mat. And at that point I realized I was tricked. But then I did it, and I realized that I went from being a yoga hater to understanding the power of yoga, and now I think yoga is amazing because I got tricked, right? Because they talked to me in a different way. They talked to me with an affliction, which was my back pain. Now, how do you get someone who's never even thought about stretching? Maybe someone hears the word stretching, like, ah, stretching? I don't want to do none of that millennial stuff. <laughs> how, do you, how do you convince that person? That, and they have back pain. Maybe they wake up with back pain every day and they just think that's part of life. I have back pain. That's it. I can't fix it. Maybe a headline would be, for 30 years I woke up and my back hurt. Then I tried this one five-minute exercise. Or for 30 years I woke up with back pain. Then I, just, then I did this one thing and never had it again. Now the oblivious person might be interested. Do you see how that works, how you can kind of broaden the message? And I always tell people, the less they know, basically as they go from informed to afflicted to oblivious, the less they know, the more broad your message must go. That's fair. That's totally fair. I mean, That's, in, in, in most, of the, uh, most of these after-school centers, you know, it's, I mean, I ran a martial arts school for about seven, 17 years. So been there, done it, and the, the challenge was that, Unless somebody was actively looking for that, you know, they'd never find their way into that. So we had to, you know, the martial arts industry was smart. They, they came up with Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid, and we realized that everybody wanted a better kid, not necessarily a kid who they were going to throw into the octagon. Yes. So that was... Is that, that, is that what happened? The martial arts industry created Mr. Miyagi? Well, yeah. I mean, the Karate Kid came out in schools that were only teaching adults and military law enforcement and people who didn't mind being yelled at and shrieked at and beat up. You know, I, I, I was in one of those programs, and then all of a sudden, thousands of kids flooded into all these schools because all the moms said, I want my child to have a Mr. Miyagi. And yeah. That makes sense. Because again, they changed they changed the the vernacular from 
you know, combat related things to personal development. Yes. And that makes all the sense in the world. If you want to convince a kid to join martial arts and they don't want to be fighting, you don't sell them fighting. A lot of business owners try to sell dance classes to people who don't want dance classes. Maybe you got to sell them discipline. Bingo. Maybe their kids don't do their homework. And why don't they do their homework? Because they don't have discipline. Help them learn discipline through dance class. You know what I mean? Which is perfect. Yeah. I mean, and that's. It truly is. It, 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 it can't be about the thing, especially if people, is no, if people are not looking for the thing. Exactly. And this is what I always tell all small business owners, new business owners, whether they're marketing online, they're marketing face-to-face, they're selling one-on-one. You need to understand the three types of customers because depending on who you're talking to, you need to change the way you approach your message. If you're talking to someone, and now people at this point are always asking, well, how do I know who I'm talking to? It's like, well, you got to talk to them, (laughs) right? And then people are like, oh, do I need three different pages on my website with three different sales pages? Like, yeah, you do. But I will say if you want to create one, talk to the the most broad customer. Always talk to an oblivious customer first. Right, because the, the, the informed customer already has your number, and they're calling you to join anyway. They, they don't need your exactly. Sales. They don't need your sales spiel. It's, exactly. Got it. So it really, it, it truly is a different process for the less informed. Okay, I, I, I love this. I, I need to know. I totally need to know this. I know you got over a million page views in a day, correct? That was on the gossip site. Yeah. Okay. What did you do special for that? Yeah, actually, this. <laughs> So one of the things I was very good at in the gossip world was taking breaking gossip news and making myself the number one source for it. At the time, what I did was – let me give you an example. Um, Do you remember when Kanye West interrupted Taylor Swift? I do. At Music Awards? I do. Okay. So at this point, Twitter was new. No journalist was using Twitter. People weren't crowdsourcing content from Twitter. It was very, very rare. So what I did was everyone was talking about Kanye West interrupting Taylor Swift, all the gossip rags, right? I was one of the first people to write what regular people think about Kanye interrupting Taylor Swift. Mm. That went viral. Another example was another time when I got more than a million views in a day was this is part of the reason why I had to get out of gossip. I had to get out of gossip because it's a very thankless and shady business. And by thankless and shady business, I mean there's so much money around celebrity tragedy that people would do really horrible things to try to be the center of it. So, for example, and this is going to be probably inappropriate for most people listening to this, but if a celeb- at this time, it, it, you got to put this in the time frame of what it was, and I was writing a gossip site. Um, at this time, celebrities were known for releasing sex tapes all the time. Right. So a lot of gossip people tried to forecast or predict who was going to release the next sex tape as a way to start ranking for it before it even happened. Got it. It's not exactly the, the, the most interesting job, but you would basically essentially start predicting what would happen and start getting the rankings before it would happen, and we were doing this. 
So we were predicting celebrity sex tapes, celebrity tragedies, celebrity breakups, all before it would happen and try to get rankings for it before it happened. That way, when it did happen, we were number one. Wow. Okay. And we, and we did this multiple times. We did this for, I think in 2007, I did it for like nine breaking news items just by forecasting what would happen the, in, in the year. Wow. Okay. So, and then that, that, that got picked up everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere. I was ranked number one for some of this stuff. So all of a sudden, I remember I got over a million pages in a day for one of these hot news items, and my server was down for 14 hours because it was getting slammed. This is before, like, cloud hosting, by the way. Like, cloud hosting wasn't a thing back then. WordPress was absolute garbage for hosting high-traffic websites. So, so my your, your server melted when you had that. Oh, melted. And I had a high-end server, and it melted. <laughs> That's a great problem to have. Yeah, I would have had probably 4 million visitors had I not crashed. Wow. Wow. Okay. So just, just from a... Just from a process perspective, um, do you think it's for folks who are, you know, in the online space? Because many of the the folks in the after school space are are also also have, have classes, they have online things. You know, do you feel like it's more important to build an email list first or a product? I mean, a product of what, right? So like, there's there's so many of these business owners, like studio owners and everything, and they start thinking to themselves like, oh. I'm really sick of teaching these classes, so I'm going to go make a product. It's like, listen, you're in the business of teaching classes. Teach classes. If you want to change your business and make a product, fine. But it's not going to be easy. You're going to have a struggle. It's going to be an uphill battle, and you're basically starting from scratch. There are so many people out there that get this product bug because they read one website about how they can get passive income from products, but they don't realize that products are not passive income. You're just work, doing different work. When you're selling a product, your life revolves around just getting more eyeballs on the product. And that's just as thankless as teaching classes. Right. Right. I, I have seen over the last however many years I've been working with the after-school activity industry, it's amazing how often somebody goes from, well, gosh, I have to be at the school or the gym 12 hours a day to... It would be so much easier if I could just sit at home at my kitchen table in my underwear making money. Yeah, I mean, everyone thinks about this, but guess what? There's no such thing as passive income. If that's you, I mean, I really feel sorry for you, to be honest with you. It's work. It's nonstop work. Yep. Truth, truth. All right. So tell me this. I want to I take time for our resource of the week. Um, Derek, how can my listeners find out more about you and more about what you're doing with social triggers and really... Where's the best place to send them? Great. I mean, you can always go to socialtriggers.com, and that's fine. You can get on my email list. That's great. But I would highly recommend you go to youtube.com. Let me just double-check this. But it's youtube.com slash Derek Halpern. This will take you to my YouTube channel where I am uploading a new video every single day. And these videos are talking directly to all types of business owners. And we're talking about some crazy stuff. It's like a daily vlog, but in the vlog are a lot of great lessons, right? So 
like yesterday, we published the crazy and not so crazy ways I stay focused. One of the crazy ways is that I had an IV treatment for energy. Like, you know, these, 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 like, these vitamin IVs that you can order now, I tried one out. And I kind of share my experience. And then I also share four not so crazy ways to do it. Another way I have, uh, you know, the, the subject line was they tried to scam me. How I find credit card fraud, which is something all business owners have is credit card fraud. But it's, it's wrapped around this story of someone trying to scam me. So every day is a story that's entertaining, but also educational. And that's my daily vlog. That's fabulous. <clears throat> Folks, this is a no-brainer. YouTube.com slash Derek Halperin. That's D-E-R-E-K-H-A-L-P-E-R-N. Um, head over there. Obviously, they can subscribe to your uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, they want to subscribe. And then right after they press subscribe, there will be a magic little bell that appears. Hit the bell. That makes sure you hear about every video that we do. Perfect. Subscribe and bang the bell. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. So, Derek, I always like to uh, end my podcast with what I consider to be a telling question. So if you could give business owners out there just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or probably more importantly, help themselves to live a better life, what would that one piece of advice be? I'm going to go right back to how we started. The one piece of advice is to learn how to talk to the three different types of customers that you're going to have in your business. If you get good at talking to informed people, you will hit a plateau and you will stop growing. You need to learn how to sell the oblivious customer into buying your product. If you can learn how to do that, you will never go hungry. Even if your business crashes, if you have the skill to turn oblivious people into paying customers, you could do that for anyone. It's the most important skill to have. Sell the oblivious customer. I love it. Yes. I absolutely love it. Derek, thank you so much. I know how, how crazy your life and your, uh, your, your schedule is. So it means the world that you'd uh, spend some of that time with us and a whole bunch of wisdom. So this has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. This was fun, and I hope they get some value out of this, especially if they just remember the three types of customers. I'll consider this a huge success. As will I. Folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or to see if you benefit from one of our mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.